0: Alrighty, <clears throat> alright, this is, uh, this is what I'm thinking about right now, the past couple of days, um, yesterday, yesterday I was sitting in meditation, and I was struggling, I was struggling to sit, you know, and I was only doing fif- 15 minutes, um, which is less than my normal duration, But I was struggling, you know, I was having a hard time and I was getting very impatient and I, um, asked, I started to ask myself because I was wondering, I'm like, why can't I started to ask myself, why can't I just sit here? Sorry, I'm making some, making some tea right now. Um, this tea this tea is a what is this tea? It's from Kettle, but it is a special blend Haru no Yuki Tencha and Sencha blend Shinya Yamaguchi Yame Fukuoka twenty twenty two. It's a blend of Sencha and Tencha. It's actually really good. Tencha is the um, the leaf that is used for matcha production, uh, but this is not, this is obviously the unground, full leaf version, um, anyways, I started to ask myself, I was like, why can't I just sit here, because literally all I'm doing, all you're doing in meditation is just sitting there, uh, you know, physically, from a physical standpoint, you're doing nothing, you're sitting there, you know, in a posture, right? Whether that be sitting on a meditation um, mat, which is what I do. Um, meditation pillow or uh, in a chair. You're you're holding the posture and you're closing your eyes and you're following your breath. And you're asking, and I started asking myself, like, why can't I just chill here? Like, why am I so impatient? Um, and... Because I have nothing to do, I have nothing pressing, nothing, no reason at all why I can't just sit here. But I still feel this impatience, and I think what I what I landed on is that I've been doing a lot of thought about the ego and how that plays into uh, meditation. And and actually, uh, I recently listened to a great podcast. Uh, One of my favorite Dharma teachers, Matthew Bren Silver, who substitutes sometimes for the Insight Meditation Center, which is where Gil. Franzdahl teaches. I really enjoy when when Matt is teaching. He has some really like some of those profound Dharma talks i've listened to 've come from him, and so I found this podcast on Spotify. It was an hour long podcast where he is talking with Dan Harris with ten percent happier, and uh Matt is talking about the vulnerability that we face when when in the present moment and when pursuing the present moment, and I think that vulnerability ties into how i've how I'm feeling when I'm sitting on the mat right now and asking myself, "Why can't I sit here?" And I think the reason is again it's that it's that vulnerability of the ego, as Matt says, um, you're you're almost transcending or at least. You're facing the possibility of not having another moment. And so the ego is always trying to, you know, the ego is what we have to protect us and to keep us safe and to project into the future and to ruminate about the past. And the ego makes up the self, right? Um, But when we pursue a state of mind where there is no future, and there is no past, we're just here in the present, so absorbed in the present moment, uh, the ego has nowhere to go. And so I think that's where that impatience, that agitation comes from, because the ego is like, oh, shit, like I'm getting to a point where, you know, my body isn't going to realize, like, I don't really exist. And that plays into, you know, for me, some of the most difficult topics in Buddhism to grasp, which is uh, not self. And, um, you know, you could say egoless or, or, and and the big teaching is just recognizing the, recognizing the falseness of the ego, right? So like in this, in this, in this, in this sitting, I'm just trying to sit here, I'm sitting in a mat, I'm sitting in a place, I'm very comfortable and very safe. Uh, no, nothing pressing, And probably just, you know, yesterday I was just baking bread. And, um, and my ego is getting tripped up on, on being in the present moment because it can't stop, you know what I mean? Like I, I, it, it, it can't, it, it can, which is what I'm working for, but to itself, it just, it's like, dude, I can't not be here because I need to protect this being, you know, it's a, it's a. I would assume if you call it like an evolutionary adaptation that, uh, just protects us. And so, so I thought that was interesting. It's like, you know, why am I, why am I, why is it so hard for me to just sit here for 15 minutes, 15, uh, when it's so easy for me to spend 15 minutes on my phone? Um, so I was thinking about that. And then later in the day, um, I went on a bike ride and, I found this new route into Toro Park, which is leaves directly from my house. Super cool, and uh, really been having fun exploring. I've only done it twice, but it's an awesome ride. And I was getting to this part. It's called Shit Hill, and it's really hard, steep, long uphill. And uh, I always struggled with Shit Hill, but right before that, like you know, I was kind of struggling already because it's still an incline before you get to Shit Hill. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm like, uh, like, who's experiencing this pain, you know? Well, I guess, let me back up. Before that, what I was really trying to think about was, again, this, this, set, this idea of, of egoless, egolessness, non-self. And trying to really think about what it was that I was doing uh, in that moment, right? So I was riding a bike. And one of the questions, this is kind of maybe a tangent, but one of the questions I had for myself is, is, uh, it was kind of along the lines of free will, and I was asking myself if, you know, the things that we do, the actions that we, we, we perform in this life, Um, are they just driven by an innate biological impulse um, for something? So say like I'm looking for uh, say my body is just like yeah I I want um, I want to feel uh, like I accomplish something, I want to feel adrenaline. I want to feel what it feels to be on top of a mountain. You know, my, my body's just like, whatever those like, you could break it down into like a uh, neurotransmitter uh, level. Like what does what, what my body hit with when I accomplish those things? And that's what my body is craving. And so me being the person and uh, being the person that I am, you know, it just so happens that in order to achieve those those things, I like to go, right now, I like to go uh, ride my mountain bike. And so are those, is that action free will or is it uh, um, just the result of a biological desire to receive some sort of neurotransmitter uh, dopamine hit? Um. So I was thinking about that. And again, this is all on the topic of just, you know... uh, um, uh, Eight minutes. This is all on the topic of non-self and whatnot. But then I get to shit hill after having thought about this. And so I guess what I was thinking too, what I also was thinking, I want to get to this point. Is that as I was approaching shit hill, I was thinking about myself as... It's like, okay, so I, I recognize that I am a biological animal, you know, almost an, you're an animal, and, and I have these biological impulses that, uh, that result in me doing certain things, and does that not mean that I'm just like a, a bump in the blanket of consciousness and my form is, is me, and I, right now, I'm just on a bike, like, I kind of just envisioned myself on a, under a blanket, as a bump, and just kind of, like, like, a bug, just, like, fucking moving, and there's, like, this one little thing that's just moving along, the blanket of consciousness, and <clears throat> that was me on the bike, that was what I was thinking about, It's was like, damn, like, you know, and it was, I was really able to get into the zone of, you know, I guess, uh, egolessness that you experience in meditation where it's like, okay, like, that's one of the things I really enjoy about mountain biking is that you can really get into the zone where, uh, and push yourself to where you do lose yourself. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's one of the things, like lose yourself into this, you know, what does that mean? You know, that's a saying, right? You know, I, I lose myself, uh, in playing music or I lose myself in, in playing a sport. And that's kind of what Buddhism is talking about. Like, you, you know, the fact that that's that the self can be lost means that it's impermanent. Um, and so and, and I think in those instances, you kind of revert back to just your animal nature. Um, so anyways, I'm this bug under this blanket of consciousness and I'm fucking riding my bike towards shithill. And as I approach shithill you know, usually I take a couple stops, uh, one at this trail called Rail, and then you go to this other uphill, a little short uphill, um, and that's at the base of Shit Hill, and you know, I stop there, usually, but this time I was like, you know what, fuck it, like, I was in this zone, and I'm just like, I'm going, my legs feel pretty good, so I would go past Rail, get to the base of Shit Hill, and I start climbing Shit Hill, and, you know, it's painful, right, it's a difficult climb, my legs are burning, my lungs are burning, um, my body's tight, and I begin to ask myself, I'm like, I'm like, you know, almost the question is like, what is pain, who is feeling this pain, like, you know, what is it that is feeling this pain and and, and feeling the pain to the point that it's going to make me stop. And that answer that I came up with was that it was, it's the ego that, that, that does that, right? You know, usually, like, if I'm climbing a shithill, you know, if I'm climbing, you know, doing a tough climb on a bike, um, what stops me is, like, not necessarily the pain, but it's the mental, mental formations that occur in my mind at that time. You know, whether it's, uh, it could be something that, like, almost just actually just distracts me. From it's like my mind is in my body is in pain so my mind and my ego try to distract myself and I start to think about something completely away apart from mountain biking and what I'm doing at the moment and that right there can sometimes be enough for me to just be like oh fuck it and just like get you know pull over on the side of the trail and, and take a break but if you think about that it's like okay well what caused me to stop riding in that instance and that was the ego um, not the actual physical pain and, and workout that I was receiving or doing. And so in this instance, I'm going up shit Hill and I'm like, dude, fuck this. Like, I'm not, I'm going, you know, I, I just, I'm going to go. And, uh, I made it to like, I made it to three quarters. I made it far up shit Hill, way further than, than I normally make. Probably, like I said, like probably like three quarters of the way up shit Hill. And I did pull over, and uh, it was at a, at probably, to me, for me, the most difficult part of the ride, which is the very top, because there's this, like, last little knuckle that you just have to push over, but it's a big knuckle, and, like, you can't just fucking sprint up it. Some of the guys probably can, but I certainly can't, and, uh, you know, I, I still have to kind of sprint a little bit uh, to, to to at least get going on it, and I sprinted, and I had an instance where my mind distracted me from the difficulty of the of the of the climb, and I was just boom pulled over. Could I have made it? Maybe. I mean, honestly, to clear Shithill hill uh, this early in the season uh, when Toro just opened up, you know, I've only ridden Shithill hill twice or three times now, maybe now four times this year. But uh, twice, you know, shit, Toro Park's been closed for a long time because it's been raining, and so. To clear Shit Hill would be really impressive to me. Um, I've never done it. And so to do it on the second attempt after it's been closed for quite a while uh, would be very impressive. But I think that that instance was a testament to kind of what I was talking about earlier, which is the separation between the physical, biological being, animal that we are, uh, and the ego. And so um, the tough part is that, yeah, I got over that hump. And I think the tough part with, with, with when the tough part that happens when you do fall out of that, uh, lose yourself mentality or, or mental state, um, when you do fall out of it, especially if you're in a, in a situation that's stressful, difficult, you know, stressful from a physical standpoint when it comes to mountain biking, uh, it's like like a slippery slope and like I kind of fell off uh towards the end of my ride uh climbing up the mountain I did really well you know once I cleared shit hill I just fucking kept going I didn't you know and I usually stop a couple times there too so physically I did really well for that climb but uh from a mental standpoint mental state uh, I was distracted for a lot of it and then you know it's it's tough man climbing mountain biking in Toro Park is not easy because like like, even the downhill, like, so you get to the top of 1800, uh, and now you gotta go ride pipeline on the, all the way down, and, uh, pipeline's exhausting, too, so it's, like, exhausting both ways up, and so, like, and I had been up, you know, I fucking, uh, Tuesdays are are some of my earliest days, uh, one of them, and so I was up at three o'clock in the morning with no, no nap, no nothing, just fucking raw-dogging it, and, uh, the ride, I, I did, I did, I've been doing fucking, uh, been getting hyped up on matcha, uh, pretty recently, I've been doing, uh, I got, recently got a new shipment from Kettle, and they, um, for my mill club, I'm part of their, they, they, they mill their own matcha in-house, and then ship it out to members of the club, and their most recent batch, recent batch, the March shipment, um, was specifically made for this method of matcha called the uh, koicha. It's like C O I or, or K O I C H A. And what that means is thick matcha. It comes out like paint, it looks like fresh paint. And, all uh, right, I'm pulling the ciabatta out of the oven. It comes out like fresh paint. And so it uses a lot more matcha like about double the amount so about four grams I do four four grams of matcha to uh, 30 grams of water and so it's really thick and uh, but this and, and, and you can't just use any matcha for koicha because I don't even know if that's how you say it but that's how we're saying it today you can't use any matcha for koicha because it is a very you know obviously it's a very strong uh cup of matcha and you don't yeah some of these need a little longer you know it's a very strong cup of matcha and uh And so you just can't use cheap matcha. You, know, you gotta use good matcha, matcha that's actually blended specifically for this. And this that's what this, this matcha is actually. It's, it was blended uh, by a man who's essentially like a sommelier, uh, but for tea. And he blended, um, blended this matcha exclusively for quiche. And so that's how I've been drinking it. It's kind of painful to drink it that way because it's like fucking $60 a tin For this mill club membership And so uh, So that's it I get 20 grams of matcha So 60 It's, it's about 3 It's about 3 bucks a gram uh, It's about $3 a gram For this matcha And I'm fucking drinking 4 grams at a time $12 cup of matcha And I'm only going to get five bowls out of it just because it's a 20-gram tin. Um, But the effect and the taste of that matcha, drinking it, how it it was blended to be be drunk, um, is delicious. I mean, it's really, really good matcha. And uh, especially to have it that concentrated. uh, I've never had a cup of matcha that concentrated uh, that is that good and that smooth. And the nice part about it is that you also get a second cup of, uh, I think it's, (laughs) I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a yusucha, you know, it's basically thin matcha, and uh, so you can come back, because there'll be quite a bit of residue on your bowl after that koicha, and uh, you can come back and whisk up a bowl of, you know, add a little bit more water, I do about 50 grams of water um, for the, the second bowl, and um, you can whisk up a nice bowl of thin matcha. It's not gonna be quite as frothy or, or, uh, full, full-bodied as a real, you know, typical cup of, of uh, thin matcha, but it's a good little secondary, um, cup, and so I've been drinking that, and yesterday I was drinking gucaro uh, from Kettle Tea as well. It's really, it's a good, really good tea. It's expensive tea too. Um, but I had that leading up to leaving for the ride. And then right before my ride, I took the koicha, had the koicha matcha, and uh, and then another cup of gyokuro. And it uh, feels fucking really good. feels really good. So that, that also has been helping me. Maybe that helped me get up shit hill a little harder. But uh, honestly, I think it was more of the mindset because it uh, – know it was a long day so anyways those are my thoughts egolessness signlessness you know whatever you want to talk about it's kind of something weird to think about and uh truth be told it's like i don't know feels it feels like it's an important uh thing to think about especially uh especially when it comes to buddhism so anyways that's it have a good day guys